don't have expectations, be expectant. Don't have expectations, don't have a picture in your head of what the trip has to look like and how you have to feel and how you have to, to dine and experience and get to see and do because anything less than that is just gonna make you disappointed. But the reality is that even if you don't perfectly hit that vision, you're still in Australia doing the coolest thing ever with amazing people. And maybe it's not exactly what you were picturing, but it's still an amazing adventure. And you just have to adapt and be, go along on the ride you're on, not the ride you picture. Welcome everyone to the first ever episode of our new monthly special, Squawk Talk Conversations. This is a new type of episode that we plan to do once a month where we sit down with just one guest and have just a regular old conversation. Today, our very special guest is none other than Cadet Major Matthew Bell. How are you doing today, sir? Good. Hi there. <laughs> I know it's different because it's like you're not, you're still like sitting down and just having a normal conversation. Yeah. It, it feels weird for me too because I am used to sitting behind the microphone and having a script to follow and just talking. But yeah, I'm kind of more used to reading from a paper. This I know. <laughs> same, same. Yeah, so. yeah. All right. So let's just get right into it. I feel like today we want to cover one set topic and all the different iotas within that topic. And I want to talk a lot about your experience, uh, a recent experience for you, to a specific NCSA or National Cadet Special Activities. Do you want to tell us a little bit about what that is? Yeah. As you are not so subtly alluding to, <laughs> um, it's I just got back at the beginning of August from the International Air Cadet Exchange. And that is a national cadet special activity, which happens every summer. And basically what it is, is a giant program that exchanges air cadets from different nations. So here in America, we have the Civil Air Patrol, but in the United Kingdom, England, they have the Royal Air Force Air Cadets. In Canada, they have the Air Cadet League of Canada, or it might go under a different name now. And every summer, nations from all around the world give off-rip cadets, and I think, I wanna say 500 cadets about from, I could be wrong, but I think over 30 countries exchange every year. And it's a massive, a massive exchange. Really fun. So they have their own separate student groups or groups of people, like kids our age, but in different countries named of different organizations, kind of like Civil Air Patrol. And they all send their kids to different locations as well. Exactly. That's a good point. They're, they're all very similar to CAP with some differences depending on their military and yes, they send a different nation. So for instance, America, we send cadets all over the world. And where I was uh, amazingly accepted to go this year was exactly actually where I had been aiming to go. It was my top pick country. And uh, I was I was blessed enough to go to Australia. Oh, wow. I've heard it's a beautiful, beautiful country. Incredible. Um, so you said that this you were accepted to the country that you wanted to go to most. Does that mean that there are other options, other countries that you could have gone to? Yeah, so every summer, at least for Civil Air Patrol, how you get selected is that you have a kind of an online application form and you get to pick three countries that are your top choice. And depending on things like aviation, cadet experience, and your civil service, you get selected to go. Um, and I was just lucky enough to have been selected for my first choice country. Uh, to, to have been selected at all is an honor. Only cadets who have earned the rank of captain are allowed to go, and that alone is only 5% of cadets. Right. So if you assume that out of that 5%, let's say, let's be generous and say that half of those apply, that's still a very significant number. Um, and it's truly an honor. Only 30 American cadets exchange. So year. you just said that you went to the country of Australia. Obviously, you have did a lot there. I'm sure a lot of touristy things, kind of sightseeing. I'm sure there's a lot of cool events you took place in. Um, tell us a little bit about your trip. Yeah. 
Yeah, so firstly, I just want to talk about what a day in the life looks like. A lot okay. of people ask me, they hear about ICE, but the senior member who was our escort that year, because every kid, group of cadets that go to each, goes to each nation, like the UK or to the Netherlands or whatever, they have a senior member that escorts them, and they're called their escort. Ours happened to be a senior member on his fifth time on ice. So, reasonably experienced. Reasonably experienced. <laughs> um, shout out Jose if you're listening. Incredible man. He really taught me a lot. You're only allowed to go to ice once every five years as a senior member. So he, this is his fifth year, 25 years in cap doing this. And wow. um, he was incredible. But that being said, something that he said is ice is like cap's best kept secret. It's weird. It's an amazing thing that gives you world travel and new friends from around the globe and incredible experiences at almost no cost and hardly anyone knows about it or is interested. I think the more people to know and cap about it, the better because the, the more people are going to apply and the more competitive it's going to be and people are going to really train and, and push for that goal. Um, but yeah, ice is incredible. That's awesome. And so I do want to hear a little bit more about maybe some of the things you got to really see while you were there at Australia. So tell us a little bit about some of the hallmarks or just any memories that stick out in your mind or what you got to see while you were there. Absolutely. There are some major highlights that stick out in my mind when I think about the trip. Uh, <laughs> I'm just going to talk through some that I think really spoke to me. And we did amazing things the entire time, but these were just a few that I think were kind of my favorite or that have stuck in my brain. Right, right, right. So number one, what do you think about when you think of Australia? What's, what's the picture that comes into your mind? Crocodile, Dundee, and kangaroos. That Exactly, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Kangaroos. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I cuddled a kangaroo. I got to I got to Whoa. actually like lay beside so, and like wrap my arms so, so we, around. So we talk, we talking to, we were talking like you pet it or like you get, had a quick five second hug or are you talking like full on snuggling? I was all the bottom. I was snuggling. <laughs> <laughs> Not many people can say they're snuggling a kangaroo. He's <laughs> like he was the person and I was the snuggy. You know, I just I no I wrapped around him. So one of my favorite experiences on the trip was when we went to the Lone Pine Koala Sanctuary. And the Lone Pine Koala Sanctuary is, is famous, and it's kind of like a mix of a zoo and an animal experience. Okay. So you go there, and there are animals in enclosures, and you get to see, you know, just nice little koalas eating eucalyptus and zoned out and having fun. Uh, but you also get to walk into some open areas that are just fenced off, these huge fields, and there's just animals filling them. And there's, there's animals that you wouldn't see at home. So there's emu, there's kangaroos, there's um, wallabies, or uh, wallabies. They have dingoes in some cages. Um, obviously, they're dangerous animals. You can't touch them. Right, right, but right. all the rest of them are used to humans and kind of, in a sense, domesticated. And you're able to go up and just touch them, pet them, feed them. You can purchase feed pretty cheaply from the store there and do that. And I had the opportunity to go up beside one of the largest breeds of kangaroo and he just was sunbathing in the afternoon, laying there, and uh, different tourists were taking pictures, and we kind of got in line. There was an unofficial line, but people were right, right. being respectful and waiting, you know. So my friend Tyson from Canada, uh -huh. shout out Tyson, incredible guy, one of the just nicest people I've ever met, and so funny. Um, 
he he agreed to be my photographer, so I handed him my phone and just I got in there. It was like a Vogue fashion shoot, <laughs> like we're just like <laughs> like shots from every angle. Laying, I like got up against the kangaroo and kind of. And I'll um, showed you some a of our listeners. Later. Some of our listeners may not have seen the photo. I, I mean, I've seen it on Instagram. I thought it was yeah. pretty funny. You're just kind of sitting there with like the the, the thug life look with the, with the shades on. Oh yeah. I think there's. I think you also posted one where where you photoshopped some shades and a yeah. uh, and a fake cigar <laughs> on him as well. It, it was pretty cool. I like right, it. Right. Right. So so he was kind of laying in a way where imagine if you if you're laying on the ground on your side you have your elbow out to the side of you uh, kind of propping you up and the other one just draped in front of you the right. kangaroo just naturally had that look so i was like i can imitate that so i slid up beside him and did the same pose but i was wearing sunglasses and i like raised one eyebrow so it looked really funny <laughs> you're like boys and, we got the perfect photo moment <laughs> right <laughs> so that was cool and then i, I kind of got up against it but after that i got to also take a picture holding a koala Whoa. and um you were cuddling everything this trip. I was. It was just a cuddle <laughs> trip. Uh, <laughs> no, no humans were cuddled in the making of this, I promise. I aced the trip where you can cuddle just about anything. Except cadets. <laughs> except cadets. Amen to that. <laughs> it was amazing. It was amazing. Um, the next thing that this stands out in my mind was surfing. And we did that on our, our second or third, like third to last day in Sydney. So we went to Bondi Beach. Like, you think about surfing? Right. Australia. Dudes with like you know bleach blonde hair and like, I, I mean tan. I typically think of Hawaii but Australia works too. Australia works too. And in uh, Bondi Beach, so we we went there and ended up surfing with a surfing company that they had arranged for us to do it with. And our two surf instructors, one was named Florian. I mean, it was like you took him out of a like a postcard for Australia. So perfect. <laughs> so perfect. He's he's Florian. He's a surfer bro. He's super tan. His his hair is has been bleached white, but it's growing out a little bit, so his roots are dark, and he just looks right, like right. a beach bum. Exactly. Kind soul, wonderful guy. Both the instructors were great, and I actually got up on the board two or three times. And I'll tell you, I, I've had some some chances to do some really extreme and crazy things that I'm only 19 years old but I would consider I have some really unique life experience and that was one of like the coolest things I've ever done there's people talk about it and I mean we were riding like the waves were pitiful they were tiny right, right, right. but like you, you don't expect to go there and ride a wave the first time right. and be an expert yeah I was like yeah I was in the tube it was amazing it wasn't that <laughs> <laughs> but it was so cool there's very few feelings I would say that have come close to how just fun and like exciting surfing felt we also, so just kind of as a general overview, we actually started in Brisbane. They call it Brizzy. It looks like Brisbane. That's a good tell right. if no one's ever been there. They'll be like, is that Brisbane? It's just Brisbane. They right, say right, Brizzy. Right. Australians will abbreviate everything. Like, <laughs> even things that are abbreviated, they'll abbreviate them further. I don't understand. <laughs> we started off in Brisbane for a week. Then we went to um, Canberra, which is the capital. It's spelled like Canberra, just public announcement for all who do not know the capital of australia is brisbane <laughs> don't say it's sydney um the, i believe sydney and melbourne back in the day or melbourne melbourne had a some kind of disagreement there was some kind of like can, um they were basically arguing over who should be named the capital so I, rather I feel than like, that i feel like i knew that like sydney wasn't the capital but in my mind i automatically when i think of australia and capital of australia i think p sherman 42 wildby way sydney exactly that's, that's exactly the first, the first thing that pops into my mind <laughs> oh, we almost went there we thought about it um and like when you think of the uk you think of uh you know um london when you think of uh, t- uh japan you think of tokyo when you think of china you think of shanghai right, they're right, just right. big cities but they're not the entire, you know, they're they're just a small part of a big a big country. Right, right. 
Um, so Brisbane, that's the capital. Pretty cool. No, Brisbane isn't. Canberra. Oh, Canberra. Sorry. Canberra. Yeah. yeah, it's all good. You see how good of a listener I am. <laughs> <laughs> Canberra, they created, it's kind of like uh, DC in, in the States. They created a capital region, and it's all planned architecture and very beautiful. Really cool. They actually have the Parliament House, which is like their Parliament building, built into a into a small hill, and oh, cool. it's so that you can walk over top of it. So the idea is that, like symbolically, the people can walk atop the senators and have rule over their decisions. The people are the ones deciding <laughs> things in command. So symbolic and also functional. <laughs> right, 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 right. And uh, you know, not not to throw our Australian brothers under the bus, but I was not blown away at, at its not at its architectural beauty, but it is a very interesting structure, and it, it was cool. Um, then extending forth from that is Anzac Avenue. Um, well, there's kind of a man-made lake. It's almost like, it looks like a telephone you could hold. There's two kind of circular water shapes with a long river sort of connecting them. Right. It's man-made. There's that, and then Anzac Avenue, which is just a huge, broad avenue with war memorials down all the si- each side for different wars Australia has been a part of. Mm-hmm. And at the end of that, the Australian War Memorial, which is basically their national war museum. And something that I remarked on and, and the American cadets kind of pointed out to me and then I ended up kind of speaking about with other people on the trip was that Australia has a lot of history from World War One, Right. Where America were more focused on World War Two, Vietnam War, that kind of stuff. But for them, World War One was their historical like remembrance of the, their soldiers and their sacrifice. Exactly. It, it's World War One is, is, is that to them. And they participated in the other ones, but there's much more history there on that. Right. And it is perhaps the best museum I've ever been in. And people from all around the world, some of these kids who are very well-traveled, all said the same thing. It might be one of the best museums in the world. Incredibly well curated and, like, the, the way that it's designed. Everything is interesting and engaging. Really fun. And that night, one of the highlights was that I was selected out of the group. There's only a handful of us to lay a wreath there at the Australian War Memorial. Whoa. And it's a ceremony they do nightly, but this at this particular one, they had some very high executives from an American company there. Right. Like representing, kind of being the dignitaries for this, laying some wreaths. And it ended up being me and Australian Matt, who was one of the escort cadets with us. <laughs> Australia, we're gonna call it, say Matt and Australian Matt. Uh, Matt <laughs> and Australian Matt, and man, uh, more on him later, but together we were selected to lay a wreath and we very professionally, we practiced it. So there's kind of a gift shop off to the side and right, kind of right, a right. check-in area where you can get some directory for the museum stuff. We were over by the directory part and we got the news about this, that we were going to do it. So the wreath, you get to write a little card, stick it in the wreath, and then it, it gets laid. And then the card actually goes gets put into like the files of it for that day. And you can come back years later and see what you wrote. Whoa, and that's I was un- cool. It was very cool. And I was under the pressure and the awe of the unique nature of this opportunity and how exciting this was and I was like I'm getting to lay like a wreath this is so cool so I just (laughs) it's kind of lame but uh, I wrote for the land of the free and the home of the brave but I was like I felt like that was a good American like that line a line from America that you could take and just inspire I mean that can be used really anywhere that can be used anywhere right it's very like it's got American heritage but its values can also be applied to other countries like Australia exactly so I wrote that put it on the wreath and they clipped it on, and, and Matt, I think, also wrote something. And then we practiced 20 times. We, we were like, right. they told us not to do it like drill, but we really wanted to because we wanted to look sharp and very honoring in the way that we presented ourselves. 
So we ended up doing this very crisp march up. We still have the video. Right. <laughs> we laid the wreath. We came up. We go into a bow of silence and then back to attention. And then we turned in unison and marched off. And uh, So they told you not to, but you did it anyways. Yeah. <laughs> That's basically it. Looks it. like I'm not the only bad That's listener the, here. Hey. <laughs> That's the American spirit for you. <laughs> Just before we went to lay the wreath, I forgot to say this. It was like a scene out of a movie. We're in Australia. The sun is setting over the National War Memorial in their capital. And there's these cockatoos there. They have these right. white, bright white birds that are huge. They're like massive pigeons. And then other birds that are crazy like green and yellow and red colors. And as the sun is setting, the sky explodes into these beautiful colors of orange. Just the main hall of the building is bathed in golden light. And these birds are just flying over. And it was just like, what is my life? This is incredible. And I was, I felt such emotion and power in that moment. I was just like, wow. And I had the honor. We, we went up, laid the wreath at the base of this long water pool with a fire in it, a giant gas-burning kind of brazier that they have burning day and night, and then this thing they call the Hall of Remembrance, which is a giant dome structure with inside tiled murals from wars all around it and this beautiful building. And it was just very humbling and a powerful moment so we laid the wreath and went off and that stood out to me as an amazing highlight but wow. lastly some of the other things that just spoke out spoke to me there's really only two last things one was going to the chief of air force dinner which ended up not being with the chief of air stores but i digress still some high dignitaries afterward um i ended up playing piano with some friends from around the world <laughs> there um, as a group and that was just a really special moment I remember and then another night we came back to our accommodations where we were staying we and we visited a cadet squadron so here in the states we have civil air patrol right. you know the cadet squadrons right, right. it was an Australian cadet squadron and from the Australian Air Force you know air cadets and we went there and observed their meeting it turned out to be very similar to civil air patrol in a lot of ways I was shocked and then we went out in the back, and in this kind of facility on this military base that's you know, built for the cadets, there's a, a big parking lot where they do drill, kind of. Right. It looks like a parking lot. There's not parking spaces. It's made for drill. So we went out there, and they fell in. And firstly, we had the Australians demonstrate drill. And then what it turned into was this giant, almost like drill-off between nations. <laughs> oh, my gosh. They, man, it was incredible. I'll never forget the moment when I'm standing there and Lieutenant Colonel John Gallagher from the States as the three of us, you know, four American cadets, he's the one calling drill, and we're standing there and he says, historic group, you know, I'm out, peace, and we all turn and the whole group just, oh, <laughs> like loses it because uh, they all have a different, much more kind of frilly, like large movement and they don't do that snappy, like turn in place. Their drill, though, was incredible. The Australian guys were, were sharp and on it. The UK as well. Very, very cool and different from how we do it. And then Hong Kong got up there. And good Lord, those guys can drill. They were like, they start calling their commands like, tur, tur. it was like a robot. Like you stuck quarters in and it turned on. They were just like, tur, tur, tur. amazing discipline. That was something I felt like they taught me was that they, those guys were like, you could tell they had put in the time and really sharpened their craft. 
So like those YouTube videos you see of like those other countries who do those insane drew moves, like you have to live it and experience those kind of things yeah. in like cadet form. Yeah, in a smaller dose. And none of us were masters, I would say, but we were like a lot of us were very competent and good in our own drill. Right. And it was just, it was such a special moment. That was really cool. So yeah, those, those were kind of the highlights of uh, of the trip. I do have some questions though, because obviously you talked about some of the the uh, highlights of like the really cool experiences there all uh, just the thing that really stuck out in your memory. Do you have any funny stories? Because I know I know you as a person. You're you are Mr. Life of the Party and you, you like to make you like to make <laughs> it's true. You like any situation you're in, you like to find the humor in it or the joy mm-hmm. of the experience itself. Is there any just normal experience that sticks up to you as like really funny or humorous yeah. that you'd like to share about? Yeah, well, I mean, like, I don't know if anything's normal, but about what <laughs> right. we were doing. Um, <laughs> Spending your whole, like, two weeks in Australia. Right, two weeks in Australia <laughs> with a bunch of, right, uh, on basically what an all-expense-paid trip. Um, so, yeah, so one of the things that was, like, just a story that just keeps coming up in my mind was eating the world's hottest burger. So we're in Brisbane, and uh, it's one of our last nights there, and they take us to a place called Patty's Markets. So we actually toured, I think it was... Sounds um, like uh, St. Patrick's Day, St. Patty's Day. Uh, right, St. Patty's Day, Patty's Market. You know what you call an Irishman on... Wrong country. You know what you call an Irishman on your back porch? No. Patio furniture. Why are you so so lame but so funny at the same time? It's like right. a skill. That's it. But, so so back, back to the story. Back the world, to the story. World's hottest burger. World's hottest burger. We had just toured Boeing Defense Australia, just their offices in Brisbane, and then we walked down to the river, took a ferry, walked along the river in this pretty thing, and ended up at Patty's Market. So we go out, and we're shopping. It's just kind of an open-air market. And just before, it was kind of near the beginning of the night, uh, we were all kind of like, man, we're, we're kind of hungry. We want some dinner. So we're looking around, and there's this place that's – Burger something had burger in the name, and we're like, "Heck, that looks good. Let's go there." <laughs> I'm American. So, I like burgers. I'm American, right? America. <laughs> so, uh, keep in mind, we've been eating military base food, which is delicious in Australia. Right, really good. But we, we wanted something a little bit more variety, right? Because we just eat been exactly. eating very similar things. Amazing food, but we wanted something new. So we walked into this burger place, and on the counter, there's just this little advertisement staring me down. It's like, "Hey, hey, Matt, look at me," and I'm like. Should we? Oh no, man! I'm kind of looking. It says "world's hottest burger," and I'm like, I mean, did, was it was it really the world's hottest burger, or did you just look at it and think? Did did you have any doubt that it was the world's hottest burger? Or did you? Of not- course, I was like, it's some marketing, and you know, it can't be that hot. But I'm like, when in Rome, you know, like <laughs> right. well, let's right. do it, let's experience it, yeah, right, let's experience it. So, so I, I was thinking about it, and You're my like, friend, I, I, I'll be the judge of that whether right. it's the world's hottest. Yeah, my my friend, uh, there was two Toms from the same country, which got confusing, but the UK. Chad Tom is what we call them. Tomwalk seventy guys. He is British. Is it's not like it's not very posh. It's like it's a little more like he. It's almost more like smushed together. Like the way he talks. I don't know. I couldn't do it. It's it's more like smooth, and he doesn't really like super pronunciate some of the words he says. Like the way he did it was just it's different. <laughs> and I, it was just different than what I pictured when I was doing it. But absolutely love the guy. And uh, he was like, "What if we did it? What if we got the burger?" And I was like. Let's send it. Like, let's do it. Right. <laughs> so we sat down and we ordered the burger. And it turns out they cook it with, there's ghost pepper, dried ghost pepper, I think, ground into the meat of the burger. And ghost pepper, boys and girls, was the hottest pepper in the world in, I think, 2015. And it was dethroned by the Carolina Reaper. Right, right. One of the hottest peppers known to man. 
is in this thing, supposedly. And it has habaneros on top. Like, so this take, thing was... So it takes spicy and adds spicy. Forged in nuclear fires. Like, it's so hot. Right, right. They bring this thing out. And, uh, and, and we're sitting there. And, and, you know, people are obviously waving out their cameras because they want to get pictures of us. So I kind of eat a fry off my thing. And I'm kind of waiting. And then we're like, all right, let's do it. So we grab the burgers and just take a big bite. And it was like someone just turned on a fire in my throat it, it was, was a, like it was hot people said i just they took pictures of me and all of my face just instantly turned red i started crying it was at this moment he knew he messed up he messed up <laughs> <laughs> and it was so hot i didn't finish my dinner i couldn't do it and so i gave it to someone else and he ate the rest of it but uh t- tom ate it and tom looked like his puppy just died he was like his face started swelling he was weeping <laughs> And we're like, oh my gosh, how can we help? This is so hard. I can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> like, Offer a burger. Offer a burger. We're like, why did we spend our money on this? And then and then he goes, wait, milk helps. And he's like, they have milkshakes. So order a milkshake. Keep in mind, I have not. I have made it my challenge for myself not to eat desserts for all of 2018. And I gave myself an out. I say I'd eat one dessert in Australia. You're like, forget that, guys. Right. <laughs> I gotta escape the, the wrath, the fire. Well, I was, oh, no, no, I was. You <laughs> know, it gets better. I didn't take the milkshake because of that. I was oh, like, no. I was like, I am stronger than this. I don't need this milkshake because I wanted to have my dessert in Sydney. I told myself I was gonna do it there. So, oh my gosh, I was just. <laughs> for like you know 30 minutes until this thing finally passed and then it just I was like I'm not going to eat another bite of that so I gave it to someone else and he just horked it down and was like oh, it wasn't that bad it's um, turned into a Mythbusters burger edition real Mythbusters fast Mythbusters burger edition <laughs> I don't know if it was the hottest in the world but it was hot I can tell you that <laughs> it was the hottest burger in your world <laughs> in my world that's a fact Jack <laughs> it was hot <laughs> I could, that was so good um but actually, just a couple more funny memories. The night after that drill-off, we had a rave because it was a girl from the UK. It was her birthday, so we decided to throw her a party. So somebody had a little Bluetooth speaker, and in the accommodations we had between the girls' quarters and the guys' quarters, there was kind of this big hallway with lockers in it. So, you know, with the supervision of staff, we went into this hallway, turned up all the lights, and just before this had all happened, just before dinner, I think, uh, Charlie from the UK... Uh, grabbed <laughs> shout out to Charlie shout out to Charlie it's your boy Charlie here no she she's so cool um, but she grabbed the like she and I think the Aust- Aust- uh, UK escort named Mo which legendary guy a few of the UK people basically snuck out to a store and bought equipment for the party right. so they show up back and they're like wear white so like anything we had white is what we put on and then they had this glow like or like this like colored face paint we like smeared on our faces and then glow sticks and then it just, they turned off all the lights and we waited in the hallway. They took Abby, the girl whose birthday it was, they snuck her away because they didn't want her to, um, like, you know, they, obviously it's a surprise. Right. They, they come to the doorway, all the lights are off and they they flick it off. And they flick, I'm sorry, flick on the lights and we're all like, surprise. And then the beat drops. They turn on the Bluetooth speaker and we're all just like, oh, oh that's so awesome. <laughs> and then we just danced like all night. Yeah, they had snacks and drinks and it was just such a good memory. So much fun. That's so cool. Um, and then another thing, just one of the things I loved about the trip was just Charlie. Just Charlie. Love that girl. So cool. Um, one of the people who, like, really – everyone on the, on the trip impacted me, but I felt like Charlie really just, like, spoke to me as a person. She's just really loving and kind and, like, really cares about the people around her and, like, seems to, like, love them and serve them well. And it just right. spoke to me. I was like, man, you're a good person. I love you, Charlie. Right. Um, 
and she we ended up just hanging out a lot and talking and uh yeah charlie's just she was just really cool so uh that's kind of my fun experiences i know we've been going for a while but if you'd like i could just kind of round this out with maybe what i, I learned from the trip yeah exactly i just that's, that's like the perfect segue into the next segment i was getting ready to ask like was there any <clears throat> pivotal lesson that you learned while you were mm. there anything that just really stuck out in your mind as it was not what you expected from your experience mm-hmm. but something that you can take away yeah i i want to tread carefully as i say this but i mean it there's a quote that says travel is the antidote to ignorance and that can be taken a few different ways but for everyone listening in america i want to say america is great but we're not as unique as we see as we think we are i think a lot of us assume that we're so special and we have so much freedom and we're americans and in australia at the australian war memorial this you know national kind of museum after we laid the wreath they played the national anthem and i remember thinking the notes in the song are different but it gives me the same feeling in my heart. And I was like, there's no difference between us. At the end of the day, we're American, they're Australian, but you know, at the end of the day, we're human. And men and women going to fight and die for the freedom of their countrymen, that they might live in freedom and peace is a human pursuit and not an American one. And the notes were different but I swear it will give you the exact same feeling in your chest when, you, when you're there as it would, the national anthem would here. And that was really powerful to me. So I just encourage you guys that if you have the chance to travel, do it. Travel opens your eyes to so much of the world and completely makes you reevaluate everything about where you live and see just how amazing and similar we all are. And a lot of these people, I disagreed with them on several things, you know, from politics to religion to whatever but i love them all the same and i wouldn't i wouldn't have gone on the trip with anyone else and i want them to be my friends for the rest of my life and i felt like it opened my eyes to a lot of a lot of that so i would just encourage you travel is the antidote to ignorance well that's a great way to just end off the episode i think i think it was fantastic um is there any last thing that you just want to say anything that you want to uh end off the podcast with yes This is one thing that I wish I'd done differently, and I think I didn't do well on the trip. There's another quote that goes along with this, and I'm gonna explain it, and then I'll hit you with the quote. I think social media messed up my trip. Just plain and simple. This trip I've been been literally like dreaming about for three years. I, I did all this flight training for not only the love of flight, but with the thought of going to Australia, earning my private pilot's license, earning the rank of captain, all that was just set on IACE in Australia. I've dreamt of going here for years. This is quite literally the apex of the cadet program for you. Literally. that This this has been my highest dream in Civil Air Patrol. And I, I, in fact, I started working out in February of this year just for the purpose of being as fit as I possibly can before the Australia trip, just to feel like as like in the moment and able to accept any challenge. And when I got there on probably the second day, I remember sitting on my bed and just going, when is it going to start? Like, where's the feeling? And I just had this 
It didn't hit me at the time. It wasn't until I got home. But I realized that for the, at the first portion of my trip and at little snippets throughout the later parts, I was comparing the trip I was on to what I had seen on Instagram and social media. And I was imagining this completely manufactured like highlight reel of, of social media where they're just in the most fun mountaintop moments of travel. Right, all the, all the photo. All the photo stuff I was comparing to the right. day to day. And the truth is, is that all of that is fake. Yes, those moments exist, but they have stress just like everyone else is. Travel isn't always easy and isn't always just wafted along from fun event to fun event. It's like it does take a little bit of going with the flow and, you know, maybe some disappointment in small ways and some things like that. And I was just comparing this like fake manufactured highlight reel and this expectation of what I think my trip should be against what I was experiencing. And there's a quote that I heard just after I got back that summarized it perfectly. It's happiness equals reality minus expectation. So your happiness is what you see minus what you expected to see. So what I would encourage everyone who travels is to do this. Don't have expectations. Be expectant. Don't have expectations. Don't have a picture in your head of what the trip has to look like and how you have to feel and how you have to to dine and experience and get to see and do because anything less than that is just going to make you disappointed. But the reality is that even if you don't perfectly hit that vision, you're still in Australia doing the coolest thing ever with amazing people and maybe it's not exactly what you were picturing, but it's still an amazing adventure and you just have to adapt and be go along on the ride you're on, not the ride you pictured. And that because you're picturing this amazing trip, sometimes you allow what your your expectations to kind of ruin the joy of the experience. And so thankfully, I kind of realized that after the first few days, that's what was going on. And I was able to kind of lift myself out of that. But I would encourage anyone going, just don't have expectations. Expectations are disappointments in the making. Just be expectant of good things, but don't create a picture in your head of what your trip should be. Wow. Well, two life lessons for the price of one. It's fantastic. <laughs> well, with that, we have been talking for a long time, but this is this has been a really fun conversation. Have you had fun? I have had so much fun. I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed this. For you listeners back at home, I hope you all enjoyed this as well. Uh, like I said, this is the first ever segment of Squawk Talk Conversations. We will be back with more in the future. And yes, we will hear more from Major Bell on future Squawk Talk episodes uh, sometime. Can we, can we say that? I think it's safe to say. All right. I'll be back to squawk in the nest. Sounds good. (laughs) Until next time, thanks so much for listening, and have a blessed day, everyone. Thanks. Bye-bye.